Hey guys, it's Scott. I just want to thank you for tuning into the Blue Ridge Church podcast. You know, I hope this is encouraging to you. I hope it's inspiring to you. And I pray most of all, it's going to help you on your faith journey. So enjoy today. So I just want to first, before we get started, I just want to just give a shout out to our music ministry. I just want to clap for them. This music ministry, they're amazing. Uh, I do not have that gift of musical talent. And it was that second song, and it was the good, do, 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 do. Oh, man, that was sweet. I was in there listening to it. I can't play it at all, but uh, it just uh, sets the tone for what we're going to get into today, which is our Christmas series. And I am super excited to kick off the first week. Now, before we get into anything, I guess I got to say who I am. So my name is Hardy. Nice to meet everyone. So I work in the kindergarten to the fifth grade classroom. Now, for you all, some of you may know me from my previous experiences. So maybe from my athletic career, this is a, yeah, this is a Hall of Fame jacket. Yep. Okay. Uh, this is 100% me in the face. Okay. Uh, but maybe you're thinking, maybe you may know me from my illustrious career uh, in medicine. This is some of my staff here. Uh, we, we work together. Um, I don't even know what that is back there, but we were, we were medical in and up that day. Um, but I would say most importantly, and I think what's the most special to me, would probably be what I get to do probably for the last eight to nine years here at Blue Ridge Church by working in the kindergarten or fifth grade classroom. So maybe you may know me from that. Yeah, so if you're confused, okay, I'm going to map it out here. Ball pit in this area here, okay, walls, and then, of course, if you can't find me, that's me here, right, buried in there with the kiddos on Sunday mornings. That's usually where I live, and I'm so excited for that. Christmas is that time of year that usually brings us a whole lot of joy. Yeah, we're excited. The tree's going up in the downtown areas. The lights are going. Everybody's relatively happy until about the 23rd, and you realize, oh, no, it's Christmas time, right? Uh, we're, we're so excited. But then there's also some sad times too, right? This may be the first Christmas that you may be having that you're without the person who you celebrated the previous Christmas with, right? So it's mixed emotions. There's also a lot of traditions that are out there as well. I can remember growing up as a kid in the 80s and 90s, Christmas morning, my mom's in there making the Christmas biscuits. Okay, they're, your biscuits are probably like this. Christmas biscuits are like, kind of like a cake size, right? And then you dip a whole lot of syrup on there on the top of them, maybe put some bacon. I'm sorry, it's too close to lunch for all of that. But she's making the biscuits, and my dad would be on the couch, exhausted because he and Santa Claus were wrapping presents all night long, and he's just sitting there halfway making it, right, halfway making it. And then what we did in our house was that we had three small gifts and one big gift. That's kind of how we wrote, three small gifts and then one big gift. And then, of course, the ultimate for anybody who's 35 to maybe 55, the Sears catalog. Yeah, Jack. Now, now it could be the Toys R Us catalog that comes to the house. You remember, it was like this thick. It'd come in the mailbox, and the front of your mailbox would kind of lean forward a little bit, right? You would take it out. You would get your pen and maybe circle the things that you wanted, maybe even fold the corners of the page, and then you would leave it specifically in an area that you know that one of your parent or parents would see, right? And then if they didn't see it, you would put it just enough way that it hasn't been touched, so you're going to go and move it, right? Now, in my house, we had this really big Bible that nobody ever looked at. It carried obituaries in it, 
Yeah. So we would put it beside that book, right? So that way maybe somebody would see it. Yeah. I was so excited. I remember those times. But now as an adult, well, I've been fortunate enough to have my own family, right? So I have some, uh, some Christmas traditions that we do in our house now, right? No music in the house until Thanksgiving. But as soon as it's Thanksgiving morning, the Christmas music starts, right? It's starting and we're listening to it. We're having a good time. We put up the decorations, etc. right? We do a little bit of a Bible lesson, right, before we get started. We got, we got to do that before we open the presents and everything. Every third Christmas, we stay at home, which is hard for big family-wise, but it's good for us. We say this is the year that we stay home, right, and we make it something special for us, right? My, 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 my wonderful wife, super prepared. She finishes her Christmas cards in June. She's got them addressed in July, and she's sending them out as soon as the courier comes after Thanksgiving. Actually, I think she puts them in his or her hand. So they have it, right, because we're in competition with another family. We lost this year. So next year, Christmas cards, August. And then lastly, we have these songs. We have a certain song that we play for each of the people in the house. We dance to the Christmas song, uh, to a special song that means something to me. So all these different traditions, all these different memories that you have, some good, maybe not so good, but these memories that we have, why do we do all this? What's the point? Why bother? Are we doing it for the remembrance of the birth of our Savior on Christmas? See, this season's got to be a lot more about than just Mary and Joseph, right? So Jesus, mom, dad, right? So Mary and Joseph, they're going to this small town, the small Jewish town, Bethlehem, right? All the Airbnbs are booked, right? So they got nowhere to go. So now they got to go to the local stall to go and have their first Christmas as a family. And then ultimately celebrating Christ's life that he gives for us, you and me, right, at the crucifixion. This selfless act that allows for us, our sinful selves, okay, to be called righteous in the eyes of God. How cool is that? But before we get further into this thing, we're going to talk about righteousness and things of that nature. If this is your first time coming to Blue Ridge Church, we're going to have you stand up and say, Oh, come all you faithful, joyful, and bring your trumpet. So anyone is new, go ahead and start uh, on a G. Do you know? No? Nobody? Okay. All right. We're not going to do anything weird. We said that in the welcome. But what we do want to do, we want you to be able to celebrate this Christmas, i.e. the birth story, and the crucifixion, the end game is being the focus of what we're celebrating today. What we're celebrating for the next four weeks, that we are righteous as Christ is righteous. How about that for a gift for Christmas? And oh yes, we can be just as righteous in the eyes of God as Jesus. And we're going to see this here in a second. Let's look in Romans chapter uh, 5, verse 1. Oh, yes, before we do that, probably should talk about this QR code. There we go. QR code's there so you can scan them on your phones there, so that way you can be able to follow along with us on, on our talk. I do apologize for that. There it is. All right, so you can scan that. So Romans chapter 5, verses 1. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Peace. What does that mean, peace? Peace means we're good. We're good now. It's all good now with God through Jesus Christ. 
Well, we see it again in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 20 through 21. It says, we are Christ's ambassadors and God is in us and speaks to us. We urge you as though Christ himself were here pleading with you. Be reconciled to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. So this doesn't happen until we really understand this whole Christmas picture, this true Christmas that's here for us today. So I'm calling all guests, all new people in the faith, old heads in the faith, How about we did Christmas 24-7, 365? How about we enjoy this blessing, this gift of Jesus Christ in our lives all year round? To have this zeal, this passion, this excitement to accept this gift that God has for us. Now, here's the thing about it. There's no repayment. There's no gift re-gift. This is for you to take, and that's hard for us. Right? It's hard for us to receive something without thinking that it's something else in return. This is 100% being right in the eyes of God and being called righteous. Now, in the Bible, there's a lot of different characters. And one of the characters that I love in the Bible, it talks about this guy. He's a little shepherd boy. He's got some older brothers that kind of thought they were supposed to be the next in line to be the king, but they got passed along. And they came to this little shepherd boy. His name is David. Same David with David and Goliath that had a slingshot. For whatever reason, we think of a slingshot this way, opposed to an old medieval slingshot, right, and killing David or killing uh, Goliath. That same David that now is King David, one of the best kings recorded in the Bible. He says this in Psalms chapter 34, verse 8. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who trust in him. I'm going to try to challenge you today to take with you what we have today through the rest of this series to trust in God this Christmas season. So let's look at his learning point number one. The Christmas story is more than an elf on the shelf. See how I did that? It's going to... You ever, you ever hung out with someone who tells you a joke, but then they make the face and you feel like obligated to laugh or like for you to understand it opposed to just moving on? So I, I just did that. So you see what I did? Thank you. Finally. Okay. So the Christmas story is more than this. It's more than let me see what I can go get and purchase because it's so easy now, right? You get on your phone, you open up your account, whatever server you use in there, and then you Amazon it to yourself or to your friend or whatever. Ooh, I'm done. It's over. And then that's the end. For some reason, we do that with God. We feel like if I do this, if I preach at Blue Ridge on this Sunday, then I know the rest of my week's going to be great. There shouldn't be anything bad that's going to happen to me. Oh, yeah, if I give to this money to this person, if I go and do this thing, if I go and make sure that, you know, I, I call this relative and do this and do that, and we take that over into our relationship with God that we have to do and do and do. A good example of this is a story in the Bible where it talks about these two sisters, okay, One's name is Mary, one's name is Martha. They're also related to Lazarus, right? Jesus' good friend, okay? Now, this is how the story breaks down. Jesus is invited to come over and have some food, right? So have something to eat. He walks in, they're doing the thing, and now what's happening is, as the preparations are going on, Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus, just listening, 
learning and yearning and getting all the information. How does this happen in the Old Testament? And what does this mean, Jesus, when you say you're going to die and come back to life? Having a good time. But there's somebody else in the picture that we haven't discussed. That's Martha. Martha's in the kitchen making corn pudding, right? Working on the yams. Yeah. She's making her cranberry sauce. She's doing all that. And she's like making some mad mashed potatoes. I can't believe Mary is not going to help me. I just, this is ridiculous. Jesus Christ. And I probably came in the room because like, that's my name. What's up? Can I help you do something? Right? He says, Martha, you're missing the point. You're missing the fact that Mary is getting all this good information. You're missing the point because you're trying to do, do, and do. Martha's love language is probably acts of service. Probably. Mary's is probably quality time. Romans chapter 10, verses 3 through 4. And before I read this, i got to give a little preface. Where are we in Romans? So Romans is my favorite book in the Bible. My favorite Bible verse is Romans 8, 28. But we come from Romans, we're talking about verses, uh, chapter 9, 10, and 11, okay? So what's happening in this scene is Paul is telling the, the Israelites, he's like, look, we're God's chosen people. Straight up, that's what it was from the very beginning, got us out of Egypt, took us to our destination, etc. We're God's chosen people. But here's the problem, we're kind of falling off a little bit. In the words of my wife, we're being a little bit raggedy, okay? We need to tighten up a little bit. But what he says here is that God's not going to turn his back to us, his chosen people. He's actually going to go after another group of people to help us get our act together. That other group of people is the people in this room, the Gentiles, us non-chosen people, but can be righteous as Jesus was righteous. So he's going after them. That's kind of the verses of chapter 9, 10, and 11. So that's where we are. That's the backdrop. If we had some music, the thunder would come. Doom, that's the backdrop. So now, Romans chapter 10, verses 3 through 4. It says this. For they don't understand God's way of making people right with himself. Instead, they are clinging to their own way of getting right with God by trying to keep the law. They won't go along with God's way, for Christ has accomplished the whole purpose of the law. All who believe in him are made right with God. Made right with God. We could substitute in the King James a righteousness in the eyes of God. They're trying to do those old ways, those old laws of trying to stay close to God, that working like Martha and doing and doing and doing, instead of enjoying what we have at the present. Now, you may be thinking, okay, I know Jesus is the reason for the season. And and, and in December, we, we, we hear this every year about this time. But I would like to take it a little bit further. I want to prepare us for December 26th. Mm. December 26th is a little bit different than December the 25th. Matter of fact, it's a total set of different set of emotions than it is on December 24th. Because we know how we feel about December 24th. It's crunch time. Yeah, it's crunch time. We got things to do. But come the 26th, it's a little bit different, right? Maybe you're the one who's hosting this year. The December 26th may be a good day for you because all the people that are in your house that you love so dearly are about to get up out your house. Fair enough? And maybe that's you. Maybe you're the one that's going to be, I can't wait to go get on home. Right? But the 26th also is a time that brings a little bit of sadness. Because this build up mo- the moment and build up moment, and now it's gone. It's now passed away similar to what we may feel if we have loved ones that are no longer here. 
I can definitely speak on that. I always picture my dad. He would just do this one thing. He would cross his arms like this, and then he would have that big old grin when he was proud of me. Oh, how I would love to see that one more time. But I tell you what, if it happened to come through that door right now, I'm out because that would be a little weird, okay, as much as I want to see that big cheesy grin. Why do we feel like that on the 26th, though? Do we overspend to the point where we never got a chance to enjoy it? Are we traveling so much that we say we're going to go see this person, this person, this person, next thing you know it's passed? Or you get stuck in traffic, you get a flat tire, and now you're spending your time on the interstate or in the air because your, your, your flights got canceled? Maybe you say, you know what, I just want to be alone this year. But then when you get that gift of being alone, it's not all it's cracked up to be. How about this Christmas? Let's make it a Christian Christmas. That takes us to learning point number two. The nightmare before there was a Christmas was that we had no star to validate us. You see, before Jesus' birth, it was just another day. Just another day. But with Jesus' birth now, we start celebrating Christmas time, and we have someone now that can validate who we are. When we're told over and over and over again that we're not worth something, maybe at work, maybe at home, maybe we feel that way, we have a star that now can validate us and who we are. Because Jesus said, you can be just as righteous as I'm righteous. If you just got to accept. What you take us to Romans chapter 10, verses 6 through 8. But the way of getting right with God through faith says, you don't need to go to heaven. And it says, you don't need to go to the place of the dead. Salvation that comes from trusting Christ, which is the message we preach, is already within easy reach. In fact, the scriptures say the message is close at hand. It's on your lips and it's in your heart. We see this over and over and over and over again in the Bible. It talks about, hey, you just got to confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, and then you're good to go. We can't accept that. It can't be that easy because it's challenging. It's easy for us to say it, but now leaving that out makes it, that's what's hard. That's what's hard for us to be able to do, especially when we have so many different distractions. The gifts, the work, the family, all these things that are pulling us away from God just saying, I'm here. I just want to be there with you. I want you to celebrate with me. Say it with your mouth and confess in your heart. It's not this fictitious, naughty list that you're on because of, well, you know, I've done this, and I've done this in my past. There's no way that Jesus wants me. Your family may not want you, but Jesus does. That's why we're not all about works here at Blue Ridge Church. Yeah, we always talk about, hey, this volunteer in the kids' ministry, this volunteer in the parking lot's ministry. We just want you to be part of the church. But if you didn't, you can get in just like I can get in. And I'm talking about heaven getting in. That's why we don't have that Christmas service on Sunday here at Blue Ridge Church. You spend all that time trying to get here, fighting the kids because they want to open up the presents. Then you get here, you're focused, oh, I got to cook, I got to do this, or we didn't wrap this present. No, spend that time with your family because we want you to experience Jesus Christ 24-7, 365, every day. This is just a culminating event, and we carry it right over into January. Receiving this gift is so hard to do. But that 26 thereafter, it's so hard. 
right? How many people like receiving gifts? Yeah, okay, you don't have to raise your hand. I know you do. I like receiving gifts. It's really nice. But have you ever got a gift from somebody, especially like in your place of employment or at school, or maybe someone who you're kind of close to, but, you know, they're not in your favorites in your phone? But you know them, right? And they say, hey, I wanted to get you something for Christmas, and they give it to you. As you're receiving it, it's like slow motion. You're like, oh, no. Like the Christmas story, oh, fudge. Yeah. Because you're getting this gift, but you didn't get them anything. So you're taking inventory now. As you're bringing it in and you're getting ready to open it, you're taking inventory. Like, what do I have on my desk? What do I have at home? You know, and then you show up the next day with the daggum candle. And if you like candles, that's nice. I don't like candles. So in Romans chapter 10, verses 9, it says this. If you confess with your mouth, it sounds like what we just read before, but it's a follow-up to that. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Period. There's a period on there. Done. It's not what you did last week. It's not what maybe you did this morning. It's not your attitude that kind of stinks a little bit. Period. And now you can start having your life changed because now you know you have a star that validates who you are, this gift that is free to you. Now, as I said before, a lot of Christmas traditions, so I brought some gifts up here that I can remember. Matter of fact, it is my favorite Christmas gift that I've ever received, okay? And I remember it because of the nostalgia of being a kid. Now, some of you want to know what this is. Some of you won't. This means you just deprive life, if you know, if you haven't, because if you know what time it is, yes. Oh, I know. This is like gold, right? Uh, this is, I know some people are like, what the heck is this whole box? The NES, Nintendo, right here. The original, okay? The original. Still works. I still play it, okay? The Nintendo. But, you know, I talked about we get three gifts, right, on Christmas. So, you know, my parents are like, hey, you know, we want you to make sure that you have that, right? But, I mean, there's no gift if you don't have... Can you bring a gun to church, right? The duck hunt gun, you remember that? Oh, my gosh. The duck hunt gun, the top it off. Then you got your third gift. This is mind-blowing. This is just going to blow your mind right here. This is going to blow your... My little girl said, why are you bringing a yoga mat to church? I'm like, this is a power pad. If you don't know about the power... You can win the Olympics on this thing. On the power pad, as long as you don't put your hands... Put your hands on it. Then you can, like, go faster, right? All these great gifts... You remember those things, right? They're special to us, that one Christmas gift. But you see, it changes now. I'm a little bit older. The nostalgia of this doesn't quite have the same weight. Because under the Christmas tree, for me, I need something else. I need something that's going to help me understand that, am I leading my family in the right way? I need something under the tree that's going to allow me to have confidence in my decisions. I need something under the tree that's going to help me feel like I'm adequate to do this today. Let's look in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 30, verses 12 through 14. It says, it's not up in heaven so distant that you must ask, who will go to heaven and bring it down so that we can hear it and obey it? It's not beyond the sea so far away that you must ask, Who will cross the sea 
to bring it to us so we can hear and obey it. We don't have to do something that's crazy. We don't have to wait for another miracle to come around to, to, to save us, to make us right, because it's already been done, which takes us to learning point number three. The miracle on 34th Street isn't to have a wonderful life, but it's to have a Christ-centered purpose. The miracle has already happened. The birth of Jesus Christ in a manger and a 33-year lifespan and then the crucifixion so that we can now be righteous in the eyes of the Lord. There's a story that, uh, that's in the Bible that we can find in three of the four Gospels. Now, just bear with me here for a second. Now, I know that we are in adult church. I'm used to being in the kids' church, right? So with that, we're talking about the Gospels. So we got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, first couple books in the New Testament, Jesus' life and thereafter, right? We find this guy who's just Gucci. That means he's pretty dope. That means he looks nice. That means he's got the skinny jeans with the shirt that's kind of fitted, but just not too close, not too tight, right? The nice shoes probably drives an electric vehicle, okay? That kind of guy. Now, let's take it back a couple thousand years. For this guy, we'll call him the rich young ruler, right? He's in Mark chapter 10, verses 21. So this guy here, is someone that Jesus had genuine love for. It says this in this verse in Mark chapter 10, verse 21. It says, Jesus felt genuine love for this man as he looked at him. Because this is what happens. The well-to-do guy, rich young ruler, walks up to Jesus and he says, good teacher, good teacher. Jesus looks at him and says, there's only one that's good and that's God, first of all. But yes, go ahead, what's up? I don't think Jesus said what's up. He's like, what's up? He says, uh... What do I need to do to get to heaven? And Jesus says, well, follow the commandments. So the Bible says that he's thanking. He says, okay, cool, I've done that. Is there anything else? And then Jesus looks at him and says, hey, I'm going to offer you that same membership that I offered my disciples. Give up those things which distract you. In the Bible, it specifically give up what you owe or own and come follow me. Now, when we hear that, we're like, dude, there ain't no way I'm giving up everything. Maybe if we think about it in the text, give up the things that are distracting you from following God. Give up the things that are causing you to not quite get that full experience that you really want, but we're distracted by everything else that's out there. All the, all the more reason why this season is so important for us as believers in Christ and those that are trying to understand a little bit more about what we call Jesus and the, and the Jesus story. The sad part about this is, after Jesus says that to the, to the rich young ruler, all we have, that last image and that last verse, is you have him turn, and he kind of just walks away. Kind of what we do sometimes. Kind of what I do sometimes. Turn, and then walk away. Let's look at Romans chapter 10, verses uh, 15. And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is what the scriptures mean when they say, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. Let's look at, Roman, um, let's look at our next learning point here. The Grinch 
has stolen many Christmases, and we don't have to be home alone again this year. Now, on a serious note, for whatever reason, we may think the Grinch has something to do with the devil, Beelzebub, Satan. Maybe that's not it. Maybe you're Grinch. Maybe your job and you're working too much. That's stealing you your joy from this year's season. But yeah, I got to pay these bills off. I got to do this. I got to do that. Maybe your Grinch is kind of your attitude that's blocking you from feeling like you have security amongst the people that love you and you feel home alone. And I don't mean the structure of your house with the roof on it. I'm talking about in here. The house is full of people, but you still feel alone. What's your Grinch? What's getting in the way of you getting that relationship with God? And I like in this verse in Romans, um, Romans chapter 15, where it says, Beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. I don't know about you all. I don't know when was the last time someone said I was beautiful. Now, for whatever reason, we think you were talking to the ladies in here. We may be talking to men. When was the last time someone said that you were beautiful? Not in your body build, not in your face, not in your attitude, but your entire person is beautiful. For those that spread the word of God, God says, hey, this is something that's beautiful. Maybe we have fear of sharing that for Christmas. Maybe we have fear of talking to someone about how good God has been to you, right? Because they know our background. They know some of the stuff that we've done, and that blocks us. Or maybe you're like, maybe you're like Moses who had a stuttering problem, and he thought he was inadequate. But God says, I can use you. Matter of fact, you're the perfect person for this job. Maybe you're like Peter, and you're so passionate for the Lord, and I'm ready to go, whatever you want me to do, Lord. But then when you get that favor that you wanted, and you realize that favor means putting you in uncomfortable situations to challenge you to grow, now you're struggling. In the scriptures, we'll see this story two times, and we're going to close with this. In Luke chapter 8, verses 36 And then also in John chapter 13, um, verse 1. We're going to parallel this beauty that we were talking about in Romans. It says, beauty is the feet of the ones that shed and spread the gospel. That can be you. It ain't got nothing to do with coming up in here. It could be your attitude. It could be the way that you approach people and people see Jesus in in your life and in in your actions. In John chapter 13, verses 1 through 4. I'm going to read the first three verses here. It says, Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that the hour had come to leave this world and return to his Father. He now showed the disciples the full extent of his love. It was time for supper. The devil had already enticed Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to carry out this plan to to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. We could do the entire lesson just from that simple Bible verse. Because, you see, Jesus at that moment said, I know my time is coming. I know it's time for me to go. This season, he's, he's at the Passover supper now with his disciples. He knows what's going on. The disciples are like, hey, we're just going to eat again. We love eating with Jesus because he he can just tell us what's going on. But Jesus says, look, it's my time. 
And then at the end of that, I love this part. It says, it didn't say Jesus could change his mind, right? Because the Bible is just dope. I love the Bible, the way that it words things. It says, Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything. That means Jesus could have said, no, I'm good. I'm not going to go through this because I don't want to be crucified on the cross and be, I don't want to be lashed and whipped and a crown of thorns on my head for these people that don't even care about me. Your chosen people, I don't want to even do that. Or people now that are now looked, I don't, I don't want to do it. But that's not what Jesus does. Jesus does this instead, which will blow your mind. Every time I read it, I just get so excited. But I want to demonstrate it for you because we got three gifts. We should do three gifts. But there's also a big gift there. So I'm going to ask Anthony if Anthony could come up here. Now you see that third gift, albeit it could be some money, which would probably be nice. But you see that third gift is a seat. A seat and some time with Jesus, not me. So what Jesus did in the scriptures, he read the story of the Passover and said, hey, look, it's time now. I could get out of this, but I'm going to stick through with this. And his disciples like, all right, cool. What you going to do, Jesus? You make some different food. And he says, no, no, no. What he did was he knelt down with his robe. He took his robe off. He knelt down in front of his disciples. And this is something that the servants would usually do. The servants would, in this case, we're going to roll up the jeans. But I'm sure in the scriptures, they didn't have Nikes, Adidas, K-Swiss, even some slides, maybe even not even some Yeezys. What they did have were sandals that would walk in the dust, walk in the dirt, walk. Did they have cars back then? I think it was horses and mules. I think that's what they had. So I'm pretty sure there was some horse and mule stuff on the ground. You see, what the servant would do, the servant would take off everyone's sandals so they wouldn't track all that in the house. And what they would do is wash the feet of the disciples or wash the feet of the guest. So Jesus knelt down, took his robe off. He put a garment over his leg. and He put some water in a basin. And then he began to gently wash his disciples' feet, not because they were unworthy, but they were now made worthy because of what he was getting ready to do. That is, die on the cross for them, irrespective of where they come from, irrespective of what people thought of them, irrespective of the fact that they themselves were just feeling some kind of way. But Jesus says, what I'm getting ready to do, this whole Christmas story is about you being made right in the eyes of my father, that being God. And he cleansed their feet and he wiped them dry. Some of his disciples said, wash the whole body. Jesus said, that's not the point. Because in Romans, how beautiful are the feet that share the word of God. It doesn't mean you got to come up here on stage and talk. It doesn't mean that you have to be a part of a youth group or small ministry or anything. With your mouth, confess. With your heart, 
believe, and that's all you got to do. That's what I want you to be able to experience this Christmas. The love of God, irrespective of anything, anyone, to receive his gift. Let's have you bow your heads. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord God. We thank you that we can have tears of joy. We thank you that we can have tears of love. We thank you, Lord God, that you give us an opportunity each and every day to not only love you, but to love those that we are closest with. Let us not miss it. I have no idea how many days we have before Christmas, Lord God, that we celebrate that day. But let us not have that 26th mentality this year. Let us take this gift that you have given us, that's your son on the cross, to say that we are worthy. And all we have to do to is, is to accept that. If you don't know who Jesus is, but you're ready to make that next step, you just say, Lord God, I just want you in my heart. I want you to change and mold me into something bigger and better to what I am. And it's going to be hard and there's going to be some struggles and there's going to be some people saying that, don't you know what you did? But you know God and you loved us anyway to the fact that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. For those in here that already know the Lord, awesome. Let's rededicate. Let's refocus. Let's recalibrate so that we can be used fully by God. We thank you, Lord God, for your death of the Son, Jesus Christ, on the cross. All these things we ask in Jesus' name, amen. So maybe that's you. Maybe that's time to make those next right steps. We want to keep in touch with you here as Blue Ridge Church. Keep in touch to help you make it through. We're not going to come to your house and sing Christmas carols. We may hit you up with an email or something like that, get you tucked in with someone who's maybe gone through what you've gone through. But let's take this joy past the 26th into 2024. Thank you all so much for coming to fellowship and celebrate with us today. God bless you and enjoy the rest of your Sunday.